my God, Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. She looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriends who understands those rap guys. They only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt is just so big. I can't believe it's just so round. It's like out there. I mean, gross. Look. She's just so black. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. And when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Go check them out for some advanced stats and other goodness. So to wrap up what we've been doing the last couple of weeks here, doing our positional draft, we did quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and last and certainly not least for us, we are closing out with tight ends. Uh, Not too much to explain here we're just drafting tight ends um if you listen to the last few episodes you already know how this is gonna go walk uh how you doing and you are dun, 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 on the clock oh big shock i got the 101 101 <laughs> was not was not prepared for this it's a <laughs> absolute shock now i'm doing awesome i like that we're finishing on tight end you know i think we had a little little fun with these these drafts and I think I was pretty pretty impressed with the back and forth and how efficient we were and I think how how good of a list we were able to to generate you know of, of real perception in getting a 40 ranking and where where better to finish but the tight end position where this is this is where we uh this is where we shine the brightest and butter you know, and it's it's not going to be these top twelve guys. You know, I'm th- I'm thinking it's going to be when we hit the tier three. I, I really do. I think that's where we're going to come out with a couple guys yeah. that end up stepping up. That we say, I was considering this guy three picks earlier. There's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of that by the time we get into the twenties. So I have the one on one as I have for for every one of these. And while I want to get cute. I do. Every ember in my being wants to get cute, but I'm just not going to do it. And I don't think you would have went here, but Travis Kelsey 101, you're going to you're gonna give me the Tyreek Hill is not there anymore. Everyone's going to focus on Kelsey. You know, the, the sky is falling. It's all done. Well, I'm just like, they have better across the board talent than they probably did a year ago. Of course, they don't have the alpha that Tyreek Hill is, but after him, there was a, was a, just a, shit show of wide receivers that commanded no attention. So it was focus your attention on these two guys and try and limit. Like now you at least have Juju and MVS and you brought in Sky Moore. So there's, and, and I still believe in Miko Hardman. So you can't focus your entire game plan around Travis Kelsey. He's still deserves to be the one-on-one in my opinion of a redraft. I thought you were going to take Mark Andrews and I was actually going to take Kelsey at two. I, I'm just down on him for dynasty. Yeah. I, I think even without Hill there, I think Kelsey, uh, you know, we talk about it with uh, opposite for other players where they get less volume, but they're more efficient with it. I think with him being <laughs> the only show in town, even if he's covered, he's going to get fucking peppered with targets. Uh, I, I think he could be in line for his career high in targets this year. So I don't, I don't disagree. I went with Mark Andrews, number two. I think pretty much everyone's going to have them. One, two for this season in some order. Tight end one last year, finally uh, cracking the top there after a couple of years of Kelsey being the king here. I, I I love Mark Andrews. Loved him when coming out of college. Love him now. Absolute beefcake. Yeah, dude's, dude's awesome. And got to the top of the totem pole. Finally dethroned Travis Henry. Travis Henry. Oh, man. Back memories. Travis Kelsey last year, even on a per game basis, played one more game, but on a per game basis, out targeted. Mark Andrews averaged north of nine targets per game. Kelsey was at eight point four, so the volume has already been there. And yeah, it was it was a lot of not Lamar Jackson, but doesn't matter. They, these two are still the, the the primary targets in their offenses, you know, and that's hard to come by. There's a clear one and two, and then in my opinion, there is a clear three. And his name is Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. I don't care. Literally. Really? Who his quarterback is this year. Don't not care who his quarterback is. 
this the Falcons are going to stink like hot Florida garbage, and will be in comeback mode from the the opening gun, and it's going to potentially yield to Kyle Pitts pacing the position in targets this year. He had a masterful rookie season, over a thousand yards, had one touchdown. He was third in receiving yards from the position. He was fifth in targets from the position. He scored one touchdown last year. I mean, that finds its way to four or five without anything else changing. He's clear tight end three. If he sees an increase in targets and gets into this echelon of like eight plus targets per game, which I think is well within the range of reality, Kyle Pitts could be the tight end one this calendar year. Woo. I just think that team is so fucking trash. But it's who else? It's not going to be Drake London. It's not going to be Auden Tate. It's not going to be Olamide Zacchaeus. Brian Edwards. It, yeah, maybe. You know, we can only hope and dream. Cordell Patterson. I need it. Yeah. I need it so bad. Yeah. I just, um, I'm all in. With pick number four, I'm going with a guy who I think is a bit overlooked, even though, I mean, he's obviously a name in fantasy circles and people are always high on him, but George Kittle. I mean, if he could stay on the field, he's he's a perennial, you know, what top top six tight end. His, his problem is being able to stay on the field. And you know, we we say this with rookie quarterbacks kind of having their their tight end as their safety valve when shit hits the fan. Not really a rookie, but Lance presumably is the starter this year. So his first full year start in the NFL, I I, I think Kittle can see a little uptick in targets and kind of be the guy that. Lance relies on if, if things kind of break down on the field. George Kittle scares me a little bit, not only because he is such a good blocker, which is what everyone says, but there's there's the Trey Lance narrative. But also just you're even talking about it. I mean, he missed a handful of games in 2020. He missed another three games last year. He's starting to show a little wear and tear. And he posted the highest touchdown total in only 14 games last season. But he had a two-week stretch in weeks 13 and 14 where he had 22 catches for quick math, 232 yards and three touchdowns against when he traveled to Seattle and Cincinnati. Other than that, he was mostly trash. He had a decent game against Arizona, but it wasn't – a lie. I mean, it, it's these spike weeks for him. I just there's I just don't get consistency with Kittle, and that's where my my issue always lies. Is that sure he can erupt for one fifty and two, but he can also have a two for eighteen game, and I would be I would be as shocked as I was by the hundred and fifty two touchdown game. I think that's kind of baked in with tight ends, though. Some like, like it, it's not like the boomer bust receivers where. Do you know what I mean? Like with few, the guys who are consistent catch three balls for 30, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. So I'm going to go right here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this. I'm going to put it right here. Oh, <laughs> damn it. I was Tight hoping. End five. No more Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup. I'm not certain he doesn't start the year on pup. CD Lamb, John's gonna is he an alpha? I think he is. John's not so sure, but he's gonna get the alpha attention. And then who else is it? Jalen Tolbert. I honestly don't even know what other receivers. I think they signed a bunch of their other like bummy receivers, but they have nothing else. So there's gonna be Tony, Tony Pollard out of backfield, CD Lamb, Dalton Schultz catching passes from Dak Prescott. I mean, another guy who could ascend. Very quickly. I mean, Dalton Schultz was tight end three last year on 104 targets. If he can get to the 130 target kind of plateau, he could be fighting for a for a crown. A couple guys I'm batting around here at number six. I am going to reluctantly play it safe, I think. So I'm going to take... The Raiders' Darren Waller, kind of similar to Kittle, kind of getting up there in age, kind of getting banged up a little bit. But, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this. We've talked about Devontae Adams and we've talked about Renfro. I, I don't know where, you know, the, the red zone looks are going to go. I don't know how the targets are going to be split up amongst those guys. But, you know, it, it doesn't take much to crack this tight end one territory and Waller's 
consistently been in there. And even with the presence of Adams, he can lose a few touchdowns and lose a handful of targets throughout the year to Adams and still end up a uh, top tight end one. Yeah. I still contend this that move was worse for Hunter Renfro than for Darren Waller because you know, he's more the freak than the tactician. Sure. And I just think there's could be some, Hey, you're talking about Kittle with spike weeks. Waller could have those same spike weeks in this offense in the, in the shootout that is the, the AFC West. So I'm, uh, I'm right there with you on, on Waller. He probably would have been next for me. So I am going to, I don't know. You may, you may call it a reach, but I, I think this is, I think this is, it's finally his time. So, I'm going to go with Mr. P.J. Hawkinson, tight end seven. He hasn't – injuries, again, have been what's kind of held up T.J. Hawkinson so far. I mean, he has two 12-game seasons and still reasonably productive. I mean, he had 61 catches in 12 games last year, and they've made this a – what's the word? I'm going to say formidable, like a, a viable offense. They have weapons. They have a good offensive line. Goff can put the ball on people short. He's not going to do too well deep on it. But I think Hawkins is another guy that he just needs to be healthy to be a top five tight end. I'm going to talk about health and guys remaining in this top tier as a result. Probably higher than most on him for this year. But give me the Patriots' Hunter Henry. That guy, when healthy, has <laughs> always been a tight end one. When he played for the Chargers last year with the Pats, you know, we, we're big Janu Smith guys, and we were all pumped about that landing spot. And Henry ended up being the guy. I mean, they brought in uh, Devontae Parker, who I'm not the world's biggest fan of. This wide receiver core is pretty light in, in New England. And they, they do throw quite a bit to the backfield, especially with James White there, but Hunter Henry is the most trusted target, I think, for Mac Jones heading into this season. And if Jones takes a step up, Hunter should have a better year than he had last year, and he was a top 12 tight end. Hard to argue. Uh, Hunter Henry had nine touchdowns on 75 targets last year from rookie Mac Jones. Picks one and two in this draft. Travis Kelsey had nine touchdowns on 135 targets, and Mark Andrews had nine touchdowns on 154 targets. Mark Andrews had more than double the targets that Hunter Henry did. In the same amount of touchdowns. So, so long as he keeps producing those touchdowns, which he has in his career, he's a touchdown guy. Yeah, he's going to stay there. You want touchdowns from your tight ends. So, I'm going to go with just a an old war horse. Uh oh. At, at this point in time, that I think needs to be a ranked tight end one, and it's yeah. my old boy Zach Ertz, who signed a new deal with the Cardinals. Yeah, they drafted Trey McBride, but anyone that's going to predict tight end production from a rookie, get, have at it. I don't know that he really even sees the field that much. I think Max Williams is more uh, an impediment to Zach Ertz than Trey McBride's going to be. No DeAndre Hopkins for six games. I mean, they're just – they're going to – they might run the offense through Zach Ertz. It's like the old Eagles offense. Yeah. Where you're just getting pumped with eight to ten targets a week. And in a PPR world – I'll take Zach Ertz all day, who was tight end five in PPR last year. Boy, I'm, I'm batting around between two guys here, and I can't decide. I'm going to go with oh. – Well, I only have one guy, so hopefully neither of the two guys you want. I'm going to take the Steelers' Pat Frermuth. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of the uh, dynasty man in me, but um, – Similar to what I said with um, Kittle, Kenny Pickett's coming in there. He's going to look for somebody he trusts. Hopefully, he's looking for the tight end. Fairmouth's been more than serviceable with a dog shit version of Big Ben. Pickett can't be much worse than that, right? So there's no reason that the offense should be very similar, with the exception of the decision making of the quarterback. But physically, I mean, I mean. I don't think it's even debatable that Pickett is physically more gifted than Big Ben at this point in both of their careers. So uh, I like Patty Frermuth. 
big fan. I remember extensive conversations last year. Where I said everyone's just trying to climb the ladder to get to Kyle Pitts in the the tight end premium. Oh league. yeah, and I'm just sitting here scooping up all the Friar Muth that I can get my tons, hands. On. You got tons of them. Yeah, and I've parted with a, a little bit of it. I got some offers I couldn't refuse, but yeah, more than pleased with his rookie season production, which goes largely under the radar. He was tight end 13 last year. I mean, just as a rookie, we're just talking about rookies not producing. Well, two of them did last year. Yeah, so uh, some trend breakers, but I don't see anyone in this year's class. All right. So I'm going to now just say that where, – where, where are you hiding them? Oh, 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 not here, not even on your maybe list. I'm going to have to have to do a, a write-in vote, I think, unless I'm totally – I'm looking around again. Uh, nope. Who's he play for? He plays about to play for me. <laughs> Drafting him, but am I, am I totally missing divisions here? No, no. You, you you said he's obviously not playing, and I say he obviously is. Rob Gronkowski. No, he's on the right. Him. He's on the right. Oh, okay. I was looking for the full name, but I, I, <laughs> I did, you did exactly. And then you wrote the funny. <laughs> <name>. <laughs> <laughs> Gronk is playing football this year. He'll play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he'll play well for them. Chris Godwin, oh, breaks my heart, is probably going to start on the pup. There's no Antonio Brown there. It's literally going to be Gronk and Evans pitch and catch games with you know a little bit of Russell Gage underneath. So I'll gladly take the value of Gronk, who will squeeze out one more season with TB12, and it will be a tight end one season. The only reason he was on the maybes is because he's not official. Yeah, correct. Yeah, he doesn't want OTAs. Yeah, none of these fucking guys want to come to OTAs. <laughs> so he just makes it so he doesn't have to. You can't find him. He's, he's not yeah. under contract right now. Smart. So, yeah, not as stupid as he seems. <laughs> no, guy's a dumb genius. All right. I'm going to maybe maybe make a splash here to in the pool to wrap out, wrap up the tight end ones. I'm taking Albert. Good old Albert O. Uh, I, Russell Wilson, when he's had capable and even not so capable tight ends, has got them involved in the offense. He, he's done it with uh, Jimmy Graham, who was on his last legs up there. He's made Will Disley somewhat uh, viable. And I think Albert O is, well, more similar to, to Jimmy Graham than Disley, but he's an athletic freak. He's got a quarterback that'll get him the ball. I, I I think he's in line for a pretty good season here. Yeah, I mean, I I like that they cleared the deck with getting Fan out of there. Mm-hmm. I do think with those receivers that he'll just be running free in the middle of the field just all, all day long. Mm-hmm. They have enough receivers to throw at teams that even with injury. I mean, a Tim Patrick and a KJ Hamler and all are just waiting in the wings to keep defenses honest. So I like the Albert Opec, a little bit of projection, but you know, he's there at Russell Wilson. If you're going to project, <laughs> you might as well yeah. project with a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. So, so wrapping up. Sorry, wrapping up our tight end ones. We got Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, Dalton Schultz, Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson, Hunter Henry, Zach Ertz, Pat Fryermuth, and two without full names, Gronk and Albert O. Now we are off to round two. All right, I have two guys, and I'm going to be upset because I know you're going to take the other guy after I take this guy, but I just, I'm not going to allow this to go any further. Worst first name, best last name, Dallas Goddard of my Philadelphia Eagles. Tight end 13. Not the best that A.J. Brown came there because they're not a pass-first offense. I just think he's super talented, you know, and he's been productive on limited volume thus far. I mean, he only had 76 targets last year in 15 games. So he's he's not a high-target guy, but he's productive because he's super athletic and he has great run after the catch ability. So give me Dallas Goddard, tight end 13. That's what I was thinking about at 8, or I'm sorry, at 10 over Pat Fairmuth, and then uh, I just wanted to – Squeeze Alberto into the top ten, so I. <laughs> I, I hear you. Got it. Was uh, sacrificed. Oh, all right. Number fourteen. I am up, and I am looking for no one specific. It's a little getting murky here, but this is where we get good. I'm gonna go ahead and take someone who we had hopes for a year ago, and several years and has done nothing and disappointed another projection probably, but I'll take the upside. Give me 
the newest San Diego, Jesus, Los Angeles Charger, Gerald Everett. Give me a piece of that offense, piece of Justin Albert. You know, Everett is – he played with Russell Wilson for a bit there, and that was a kind of a lost season. But if it's going to happen, this is going to be the year. So I kind of like Everett's upside, two picks in a row for me, kind of crossing my fingers and taking these guys at their ceiling. I mean, the irony, and wow, congratulations. You you did it. You, you went with a guy I probably wouldn't even have thought of for the next six picks, but that's what you do, and you do it well. Gerald Everett was picking was tight end 20 last year. I mean, he didn't do shit last year. Like, he, what was that? he disappointed, and he was still tight end 20. So it's not out of the realm of reality that he gets into a – Different ecosystem, but you're, he, he did go away from Russell Wilson, but that was only half the season of Russell Wilson because he missed games and sure. Russell missed games with his finger. So what could have been for old Gerald? All right. So this was the guy that I was hoping you didn't take. And there's no fear here. Dawson Fort Knox, tight end 15. They finally cleared the deck. There's no Cole Beasley there. There's not the the corpse of Manny Sanders. Get my boy Gabe Davis on the outside with Stephon Diggs keeping people honest and just let Dawson Knox just eat in the middle of the field. He was the other nine touchdown tight end from last year and the most efficient with only 71 targets. Not sustainable, not replicable, but I believe his targets will go up this year. So I'm not calling for a touchdown spike Unless that's a spike down, but I do think he'll be more involved in the offense. Really like Dawson Knox at 15. Ah, you keep saying the word clear the deck. So I am taking a guy who falls that category too. The Browns, David and Joku. Uh, they, they got rid of everybody that was standing in his way. They even got rid of receivers. He, he's arguably their second best receiver behind Amari Cooper at this point. And I think even if Jacoby Brissett starts half the season. Go for him. Brissett's, yeah, more than a viable fantasy quarterback for, for you know, the receivers. He's he's supported decent receivers in the past. So give me Njoku. I'll take a third high-ceiling guy here in a row. David Njoku was the only tight end last year sub 62 targets to be in the top 24. He had 53 targets. was tight end 22. Had a so, man, he, he and they paid it. him. Paid that man. And they paid him. Yeah, got rid of Hooper, let him ascend to the alpha chair. That Yeah, I mean, we don't know what Deshaun Watson could be with a tight end because he's never had one or thrown to one. We also don't know if he's going to play football this year. But Jacoby Brissett is probably going to find comfort in, like, certain guys. It's going to be Cooper, and it's probably going to be Njoku as well. A lot of run after the catch stuff. All right, I'm more than happy to take who will probably be the second pass game option in a Mm. bear down to the bottom of the rankings offense this year. As much as I love Justin Fields, as much as I love Darnell Mooney, I like Cole Komet as well. And I like Bear players, but that's all they have. Literally, that's, that's, that's it. Save it, David Montgomery Truthers. One more year and he's out of there. But give me give me some Khalil Herbert over him. But Cole Komet should pace the tight ends in targets on that team easily and should only be second to Darnell Mooney as far as targets overall. So... I'm actually excited to see what Cole Komet could do because he had zero touchdowns on 93 targets last year. So we were talking about one touchdown Kyle Pitts. Cole Komet found a way not to score at all on 93 targets last year. So I expect that to change. Boy, I don't, I don't like this one. All right, really like pick that, right? 18. I'm going to go with Mike Gesicki. Um, You know, right in that middle of the road, tight end two tier. He's, he's definitely got the upside. Kind of similar to what you said earlier with Alberto having enough guys to take the pressure off of him on defense. With, with Tyreek Hill there and Waddle defense, they're going to focus on them. Gasecki is going to be the beneficiary of of what defenses are going to have to do to prepare for the Dolphins this year. So probably fell too low to be honest. And I don't I don't love him, but I think this is a good spot for him. And I, I do get the upside. He, he could have gone a couple of spots earlier here, but he's fine but not spectacular. Perfectly said. Yeah. I mean tight end nine last year had 111 targets, but I think it was a byproduct of it being like Waddle and nothing else. Yeah. That's right to in that offense. So now it's Tyree Kill, now it's Cedric Wilson. They're going to be more run based. So I don't think Gasecki gets to that 
high target count that he did before. So part of my concern, but he definitely deserves to be in the top 20 just from past production and opportunity. So from Mike Gesicki, I am going to go. I had, I was like, I'm going to take this guy. And now I'm not going to take this guy. That's what I did last time too. I'm going to (laughs) take this guy and go with the reason why Mm. Albert O had the deck cleared, and no, I was saying it that much, now I'm going to say it every single guy that I talk about, um, was because Noah Fant was shipped to the great Northwest in a who-knows-led offense. But whoever it is, I mean, Noah Fant's going to be the, the guy right in the middle of the field waiting to catch a checkdown pass all day long and another super athletic type tight end. So there's not – it's not like they're empty outside of him. So Metcalf and Lockett are going to keep defenses somewhat honest, whether it's Drew Locke or Geno Smith or Jimmy G or Baker Mayfield, whoever it may be. The latter two would do wonders for this offense. The former would make it almost impossible to watch, but they'll still have to throw footballs to players. And no fan would probably be third of those players. So gladly take him at tight end 20. Yeah, I kept looking at him and I just did those. It could, it could, it could end two quarterbacks, man, they are really, (laughs) and they, they claim they're not tanking. That's the crazy part. And I don't believe they are. I mean, I don't know that Pete Carroll. I think you're right. They think think that that's a good one, two punch. You saw what they did. They actually finally drafted offensive linemen, something they never did in Russell Wilson's entire career that are run blocking type guys, I believe, whatever premiums on offensive linemen went and got a running back and that they still just believe that they can always put together a good defense. So just get a veteran quarterback and you know, we'll go compete. That's literally what Pete Carroll thinks. It's fascinating. Yeah, All right. wrong, but I'm going to take a guy here with beautiful red flowing locks. Hayden Hurst. Uh, you know, more, more than capable. The guy's never going to be a, a fantasy stud, but <sighs> You could do a lot worse than plugging him in every week, which we'll see <laughs> with the remaining picks. But, uh, you know, similar to, to taking Everett earlier, give me a weapon on a, on a good offense. So we, we saw Uzoma be fairly productive in several games. I think he had a couple two-touchdown games on the year. There's no reason Hayden Hurst can't do that. Hurst is, I think, more talented and a better all-around football player than Uzoma. So, he, he's an upgrade at the position, and Uzoma was fantasy viable a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hate it. All right. You spelled the man's name wrong, so you're already disrespecting him. But we're going to draft him nonetheless because we know who he is. And that is double E, Evan Ingram of the Jacksonville Jaguars at tight end 21. Doug Peterson's offense is very tight end friendly, and I am not scared of any tight end in Jacksonville, although Dan Arnold was a nice story. Evan Ingram is going to be utilized as the primary pass catching tight end in that offense. One year prove a deal. I think he's going to prove it in this one year. I don't know what it means for his market, 23, but he's going to finish better than tight end 21, assuming health this year. Yeah, I, I was looking at him for the last couple picks, too, and just couldn't pull the trigger. Uh, number 22, I'm going to go with Austin Hooper, a new, newly uh, appointed tight end one of the Tennessee Titans. Look, they have their, their new wide receiver one as a rookie. Their wide receiver two is coming off of a ACL injury. Hooper might be the best pass catcher for that team through like four, six weeks of the season. Hooper's not a slouch. He got a little raw deal, I think, in Cleveland. They didn't just they just didn't target him enough. And we saw he was capable of putting up decent numbers when he was targeted in Atlanta. So th- there's there's not a lot in his path. He's probably gonna be one of my late round tight end targets this year just because of knowing the way that team's constructed. And, yeah, it's not super pass-heavy, but there, there's not a ton of competition for him for targets, especially early in the year. Yeah, I mean, he got overpaid, and then he went to an offense that said, we don't want a primary pass-catching tight end. We want to just rotate three guys through the entire time. So just to explain why you actually paid him, and at the time made him the highest-paid tight end in the league when you weren't going to run – offense through him at the tight end position. And then they paid a shit ton of money to Njoku this yeah, year, so they're doing it again. There's a plan. They love, they like paying tight ends. Uh, not really sure why, but 
Yeah, they got the money, I guess. All right, so I'm going to go with a guy that we really didn't see much of last year, but he's been sneaky good as a converted quarterback, and it is Logan Thomas in the Washington Commanders offense. And I'm assuming, always assuming health with him. I, I think he's okay. I don't recall seeing anything about him not playing this year. So I'm going to turn a blind eye if he's still rehabbing from said injury, but I just think it was a lost season for them last year. And Carson Wentz likes the tight end position is a big athletic guy. They have other pass catchers there, but still just believe Wentz will find his six foot six, 248 pound tight end early and often. So I have always been a big fan of Tyler Conklin's coming into the league and he didn't do much early in his career. Finally got a chance to shine last year a bit in Minnesota, turn that into a nice contract for himself. But that means that there is a Hmm. new tight end one in Minnesota. I'm going to take the upside gamble here on Irv Smith Jr. If Tyler Conklin could do it, certainly Irv Smith Jr. can. Yeah, I was thinking of Irv Smith when I took Logan Thomas. Um, and yeah, great minds have every opportunity to do something because he hasn't really been that guy so far, whether it be just through injury or passing game, you know, handcuffs with, with Zimmer. So it'd be interesting to see what he can do this year. So give him that tier two. Tier two. So our our RB, geez, tight end twos. Went Dallas Goddard, Gerald Everett, Dawson Knox, David Njoku, Cole Komet, Mike Jasicki, Noah Fant, Hayden Hurst, Evan Ingram, Austin Hooper, Logan Thomas, and Irv Smith Jr. gets us out of that tier. I None of these guys are true studs. There is some upside with all of them. And I, I, I think if you got two or three out of this group and you're just streaming throughout the year, I think you're going to be very happy with the results. Yeah, it depends what you're looking for. I think I think Goddard, Knox, and Njoku can. I, I think they can um, be top eight guys without much like squinting. But yeah, the rest of the I, guy, Cole Komet could be. I mean, if we're just talking, I, yeah, about I think he's going to get volume, but he's just not explosive, right? So he's going to have to get red zone. He's just going to have to be uber productive in the red zone. And how often do the Bears get to the red zone? I, I think you know he'll he'll compile. <laughs> Yeah, he'll compile in a tight end, you know, in a PPR, in a tight end premium league. But I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him north of five touchdowns on the year. I mean, which is being generous because I don't think he's got that in his NFL career. But I just don't think he can make that jump. And I forget that, you know, we we lost a year of Irv Smith, who's a little undersized for position, only 6'2", 240, but had a reasonable productive i mean in in 13 games in 2020 so found a way into the end zone five times uh 30 receptions with five touchdowns on the season so he's he's he was he was ascending before i think it was a meniscus that took out his 21 and i'm pretty sure i had irv smith in my scott fishbowl last year so that was awesome because i don't think it happened until or he was like i got him late because they weren't sure he was going to miss the whole year and then he opted for the surgery and yeah that was that was awesome <laughs> but hopefully he's rehabbed at this point. So we're going three. And the next guy that yeah. I'm, I'm going with is Abby Tunyon. We, does anyone remember 11 touchdowns from two years ago? I mean, because Aaron Rodgers does. And there's nothing else for him to trust in that offense. So I'm just going to go back to the well with lack of alternatives and the fact that Aaron Rodgers still just wants to stick it to it anyone and everyone who thinks like now this is finally it for him. He's he lost Devontae Adams. It's done now. Like talking about a dude that used to throw way too many one yard touchdowns before he's calling, he's calling that number 10 times as much this year. Keep those counting stats up. So I'm going to assume Bobby Tanya finds his way into eight of those. And I don't know where I, I, you know, I hate him. I don't know where I would have finally been <laughs> forced to take him. <laughs> Literally, I'm looking around. I'm like, we're running out of tight end ones, even on their own teams, as we get into these twenties. I mean, there's only yeah. very few of them. So, speaking of tight end ones on their own team, give me Mo Alley Cox of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, you know, finally with Matt Ryan there. Matt Ryan has 
supported fantasy viable tight ends in his career. It's not like there's a ton of talent in the Colts wide receiver core to to take targets from him. Could you know we, we talk about how touchdown reliant tight ends are, especially to bump up in that top tier for fantasy. Moelle Cox could arguably be one of the top touchdown scores in this league. He, big body guy. That team and get down in the red zone. I could see Matt Ryan peppering him quite a bit when they're down there. But uh, you know, had a decent enough year last year. Not like there's a ton of talent to compete with him among the tight ends. So we're talking high end tight end threes here. Mo Ali Cox is arguably as much upside as any of the names we have left on this list. Yeah, and hard to argue. I love me some Mo Ali Cox. They did re-sign him, so there was a desire to have him back. And then they went and drafted his like clone in Jelani Woods. So yeah, they they have a type as well. Um, we're getting into the the witching hours of the tight end position. So being that we've we've discussed this guy before we went live, I think it's only mm. appropriate that we we go to the position and it's Adam Troutman and by who we discussed it was that they're making Taysom Hill a tight end again but that doesn't matter because Adam Troutman is better at the position in every way shape and form and I'm buying in a little Jameis Winston magic this year and was it third year Adam Troutman and he was very raw coming out of Dayton he knew he was going to take some time but he's shown some flashes so I'm gonna I'm gonna call my shot Adam Troutman, whatever year this is, breakout for him. Can anyone give me whatever year I'm trying to get there? This is year three. three. Perfect. Perfect. Year three. I am. I said his name in reference to another player because I like him. I'm taking Tyler Conklin. I know Uzoma's kind of the bigger name and has been a little bit more productive for fantasy for more time. But I think Conklin is the better weapon than C.J. Uzoma. Uzoma might be a better real-life tight end, but that's not going to get you fantasy points, you think, as far as scoring, catching, all the all the good things for fantasy. I think Conklin is going to outscore Uzoma. So I'm taking guys I like here at 28. All right. We, we've, we've let this go on far enough, and neither of us like this guy, so it's not surprising that – we got here, but another Tyler, Tyler Higby at tight end 29. The thing is because he ended the year injured and wasn't able to really be involved in the, the postseason festivities as he would have liked. But I mean, he's had north of 500 yards and five touchdowns either the last two seasons um, with the Rams. They're still a pass first offense with Stafford. And while I like some of the other guys that are there, he's still the, the tight end one for the Rams. So give me, give me him at tight end 29. little peek behind the curtain here. <laughs> not, not liking him and all that other stuff. If you look on the right for my maybes, I actually, he's one of the few guys I have both of his backups in the maybe list. Yeah. Unsurprising. I think that that could happen because uh, they each had little flashes. The other two guys. Yeah. All right. I am going to take, Tommy Tremble at tight end 30. Look, that offense fucking stinks. It, it, as long as uh, Sam Darnold is their starting quarterback, that team is doomed. Tremble got 35 targets last year, 180 yards and a touchdown. He was pretty raw coming in, um, but I, he's still super-duper young. That guy's going to be on the, the Njoku uh career path where he's going to be, mm. you know, five years in the league and only 24 or 26 or something crazy. So g- give me the upside. If anything can click on this offense, I-, I like everybody to take a step up, but we're talking, you know, tight end 30 here. Yeah. We're getting down into the dumps, you know, but I think this guy's on a dump. And I was actually, if I hadn't seen, um, uh, Tyler Higby, when I did, I was going to take this guy at 29. So it was just a matter of you not taking him. But Brevin Jordan, who I loved coming yeah, out of Miami, and then he f- plummeted in the draft. Like, supposedly, it was interviews, immaturity, something like that. But you know, he found his way into a good situation with the Texans where there's nothing standing in his way. He can be tied to Davis Mills for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I still don't think they're a good team. So. 
that's going to lend itself to more pass, you know, more passing scripts. So give me Brevin Jordan all the way down here at tight end 31. Don't, don't hate it. Yeah. Like the player disappeared as a coming out of the going into rookie draft. Just <laughs> didn't <laughs> just vanish. That guy was uh, a lot of people in what tight end two, didn't they? I had him. I, I know that have to go back and look. I had him. He was in my top four or five. That's for sure. Yeah. After the draft, it vanished. So tight end 32. We mentioned him earlier, arguably as much upside as anybody, even in our top 12, right? Johnu Smith Patriots uh, acquired him last year after Belichick just ran and raved about him for a couple of years. So we got our, our, our man panties all wet, and he got there and did nothing. That guy was a bum. So hopefully uh, things click in year two in New England. I mean, you know, the I took Hunter Henry at eight. It very easily could be flipped if, you know, you just have a couple game scripts go a little differently and, and Mac Jones looks his way. So I, I think of anybody we took probably from 16 down, I think Janu's got arguably the highest upside. I still believe that we're right about Johnny Smith. I still do. He's, he's just a guy like that of uh, John U. Hill. I'm willing to die on it. I don't know what happened with New England and him going there. I mean, it's clear that they had him like earmarked as a priority free agent mm-hmm. for them, signed him before Hunter Henry. Yeah. And then like he didn't show up to like off season programs. And I heard he's there this time, but just seemed like they quickly said, all right, we're, we're just going with Hunter Henry. You know, like, sorry, Janu, you, you had your chance. We're, it's a Hunter Henry world now, and we're not going to try to figure out any way to get you involved in the offense, and it showed. But maybe one more year, still young enough, 26 years old. Janu Smith still has a ton of time left to reinvigorate his career, but I'm glad you got him there inside the top 32. Oh, we're still going. We're going to 36. I thought we were done. I was excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm go, I'm going to. Right, I thought I was going to take that guy. I'm not taking that guy. I'm going to take this guy. I'm finally. I'm 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 going second toe into the maybes list, and it's in the event that your tight end fourteen mm. isn't the answer. I'm assuming health. Donald Barham, scary concussion. I assume it was at the end of last year, but. Something about that guy. He looks like unreasonably tall for being as lean as he is, but just give me a part of the Chargers offense. He looks good. Well, yeah, watching him play, I, I don't know why more people don't like him. I mean, I'm no I'm no film guy, but he to me he looks good. I'm gonna dip into the maybe pile here and I'm gonna take our first rookie, actually. Mm-hmm. A guy that you turned me on to give me the Giants, Daniel Bellinger. Uh, reports out of campus, he's running with the ones and he's the clear best pass catcher in this group. I mean, he's competing with Ricky Seals Jones and Jordan Akins, who we both used to like. You know, if, if the athleticism wins out and he doesn't make any boneheaded rookie mistakes, he could be one of the sneakier guys this entire year, not even just rookie drafts. And I, I thank you for turning me on to him. Yeah. He, he landed in a pretty good spot. Uh, obviously there's, there was nothing there, you know, especially after Evan Ingram left town. I just liked the player. I, I read it. He needed a ton of development, but I don't know. I, I, I saw a, saw a fantasy tight end and it looks like he's grabbing that opportunity and running with it. So, Good on you, young man, and good on you to get him picked in our top 36. I'm just going to go with probably the last of who could be considered a starting tight end. You took Conklin a little earlier. I agree. Conklin's probably more fancy viable than Uzoma, but Uzoma had, had some shining moments with the Bengals. Signed, I think, the exact same contract as Conklin. And it's I gonna think be- Conklin, I, th- I think Uzoma's $1 million less per year. Oh, God damn it. All right. Well, that just went out the window. So I, I can't even use that narrative. But I mean, Zach Wilson's going to no, pick Uzoma's one. More. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. We're back on. He's Arizona <laughs> from Jets pre- tight end president. I'm here for it. Tight end 35, CJ Uzoma. That's who I was going to make Mr. Irrelevant. But I am yeah, no. going to take four. 
our final pick, number 36, I know Mr. Irrelevant. There's two guys I really want to take here. I know you're going to take uh, that's why I was leaning. Yep. Walker has highlighted Foster Moreau, but I am actually going to throw a wild man dart here, and I'm going to take the another rookie, uh, Dallas Ooh. Cowboys, Jake Ferguson. It sounds like <laughs> Dalton Schultz is considering not playing. He he did sign his franchise tag, but he has not shown up to anything. They said the team is way off. If that's the case, they're going to want to get – if they're thinking Schultz is gone a year from now and Ferguson's their tight end in the future, they're going to have to get him on the field and see what he can do. So tight end 36, I, I think that's a decent dart throw to wrap this up. So round three went like this. Robert Tanyan, Mo Cox, Adam Troutman, Tyler Conklin, Tyler Higby. Ooh, we went Tyler back-to-back. Tommy Tremble, Brevin Jordan, Johnu Smith, Donald Parham, Daniel Bellinger, C.J. Uzoma, and Jake Ferguson. And Foster Moreau's just staring at me angrily. Yeah, listen, good good on you. I mean, they're going to make Dalton Schultz whole. I mean, good for him. This is the card he has, right? Yeah, he's (laughs) trying to cash. You need me. (laughs) Like, you just let him Mark Cooper walk. He just paid... You know, Michael Gallup, what, $10 million per year. Yeah, you're going to have to do right by old Dalton Schultz, whose Twitter name is Bingham Baller 9 Jeez, you got to look into that. He's apparently a gamer. All of his tweets were about gaming. So he, he does have something to do in his spare time while he's not at OTAs. But story to keep an eye on. I would have went with Charlie Kohler. That was another rookie. I think he could see two tight end sets with the Ravens this year. Do you like Kohler more than likely? I do. I do. See, he's more I like prototypical. More. He's, uh, I like. I liked likely more, but in the context of the Ravens, I like Kohler more. I I, I feel like likely and Kohler not to just make the cheapest narrative possible. I feel like this is a Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews thing. I agree with you. I think Kohler's the better all-around football player, but I don't think that necessarily translates to fantasy because I think likely is the more dynamic pass-catching option. Agreed. I mean, I I don't disagree. I mean, I had likely as my tight end three, I think, pre-NFL draft. So I, I'm, I'm a fan of the player. I just envisioning what the Ravens want to be. And if they do, and I do assume that they do end up with a long-term deal with Lamar Jackson, I just see it being a very specific tight end set heavy offense. And Kohler is just more that prototype for me. So I just think he sees the field quicker and yeah. So while he might not be as dynamic of a pass catcher, I just think, opportunity might be king with, with those two, but I don't like that they both got drafted to the Ravens. That's, there's, there might not be a correct answer, to be honest. As long as Mark Andrews is there and healthy, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It just doesn't. I mean, they're never going to see enough targets that it will ever matter. I feel like you're talking about anyone. Rashad Bateman. Um, so that will wrap up our uh, four weeks of positional draft. We got a little kind of a recap thing next week where we're going to compare against one of the bigger names in the industry. I'll kind of keep that under wraps, I guess. Cliffhanger, turn in next week if you want to find out who and how we did compared to them. But uh, early results, not so bad. But yeah, that I'm, should I'm do thoroughly it. impressed with us. Yeah. But yeah, that'll that'll wrap this up. Hopefully you enjoyed this. And if you did, next week will be even better while we compare and contrast ourselves and beat the shit out of our good well pat ourselves on the back for our good picks and beat the shit out of each other for our uh trashy picks so that should do it for us for myself john debari my co-host mr matt walker and our friends at expand the box score we are the fantasy 40 and we are out of here Yeah. It's, it's working, so we all know that's just going to go south real quick. Absolutely. You know what's funny is I had Twitter open. I didn't 
get your little bell that you had sent me anything like you know on the like, like the inbox thing yeah i didn't get it at all like so i didn't know you'd send it that early even like i assumed like quarter after 20 after i'd be getting it and i was on my phone and looked at it and i was like why isn't it on here and i actually had to go into our chat and it was there but there was no notification look at me being proactive i'm getting fucked even, even twitter didn't know what to do with it <laughs> <laughs> all right you hit record yeah all right i almost forgot all right ready dolphins really wanted sean payton wait until you see the reported deal miami was willing to offer former saints coach there's so much bullshit with the fucking dolphins gonna bring in sean payton brady's coming in as a fucking part owner and player at the well listen because they got to get creative right the Dolphins were ready to offer Sean Payton a hundred million dollar deal to coach the team. That's that's the, the John Gruden deal. Ten years, hundred. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it literally says when John Gruden got his hundred million dollar deal, that was for ten years. Blah blah blah. Oh, Payton's was going to be a five year hundred million dollars. Jesus, yikesies! Is he that good of a fucking coach? He won one. Uh, whatever. He's a he's an offensive genius. He's a mastermind. He made Taysom Hill work. John, okay. Did he? Did he? No, he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> absolute disaster with Taysom Hill. Probably set his set his offense back. The officer got rescinded when they asked about Taysom Hill during the interview. What was your thoughts behind Taysom Hill? My thoughts? Well, Breeze. No, I'm saying when they asked oh. Peyton, what were your thoughts behind this Taysom Hill thing? What were you trying to do? Well, well, Breeze was fucking cooked. So I had this Mormon sitting over here. <laughs> This old, this elderly tight end. Yeah, who can throw a ball deep, so I figured, fuck it. Why not? That's when I knew Breeze was done. There was that fucking play at the end of the game where they needed mm-hmm. Hail Mary, and they're like, hey, you, uh, fucking yeah. Hall of Fame quarterback, yeah. do me a favor, hop off the field quick, because we need someone else to throw the football. Yeah, like, this oh, wasn't even a like shit. trick play, like, no, Breeze, you go out as a wide receiver. It's like, drag your rotted carcass off the field. Yeah. They did it with Jameis Winston too. Then, like next year, like Breeze's last year, I guess was Winston's first year there. He they brought him in for Hell Mary throws too. It's like writing was on the wall. Yeah, everything you need to know. Breeze was too worried about that hairline and that thing on his face. He cut it off, and then he's got a big scar. It's like you still have a thing on your face. Yeah, I mean, he has he has like money to like have better surgeries done than we do right i mean it's gotta it's gotta be a person that can say oh yeah i can fix this i mean you had a birthmark people know what it is now you just have a scar so people are still gonna ask you about it <laughs> and then like <laughs> you know what i mean it's not like yeah. it's gone out of sight out of mind there's still a thing and people who saw it before know what used to be there so what do you what he do needs you? to hit up the director of face off and just see what the oh, technology behind that was Caster troll. Doesn't matter. Do you want to be John Travolta or Nick Cage? Eh, eh. I know there's a winner in that one. I stick with Drew Brees with a scar on my face. I'm gonna go young John Travolta. Well, no, you have to go current. Current John Travolta. Fuck, he looks like shit. They all do. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, that was a good uh, outro, though. We found, uh, yes. a <laughs> found a way. Found a way. On that note. <laughs>